Pages of Pim Better Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Voyages of Tim Vetter Podcast. Today's episode is coming to you with the support of Energy Bits. What are Energy Bits? Well, Energy Bits are an algae plant-based food source. It is completely from algae. They have spirulina and chlorella, and it's super, super, super nutritious. It has high-density protein, bioavailable iron, high-density chlorophyll, all your B vitamins. It's got your plant-based omega-3s. It is vegan. It is paleo. It is keto. It is untouched by anything other than the algae that is in it. For me, it's really important that it doesn't have any sort of stomach distress or a negative impact on your digestive tract because I don't have the best one of those. And I like to take it at night. I do really feel like it's helped me when I wake up in the morning just be more clear and energized and not foggy and not needing four cups of coffee to function throughout the day. I've, I've definitely noticed a noticeable impact since I've been taking it as, it's, they don't even call it a supplement really, it is a food source. Um, you can chew it, you can swallow it if you want. If you do chew it, it makes your teeth green, but not permanently. And I think it's a fantastic product. So if you go to energybits.com and you use the promotional code VETTER, that is V-E-T-T-E-R, they will provide you with a 20% discount. And that's pretty cool. So energybits.com, promotional code VETTER. Check it out. Okay, today I'm joined by Lene Orneval. She is a Muay Thai practitioner a Muay Thai fighter. Right now she's based out of Phuket in Thailand. And her story is really cool and I'm, I'm really excited to bring it to you. So there's a couple things that I kind of want to unpack from it first. The first thing I want to talk about is that Lene is the third fighter that I've had on, I say that, you know, the third type of fighter that I've had on my podcast. The first was Grace Cleveland give you a little update on her if you haven't been paying attention. In our episode, we she, so she's Thai, she's from Chiang Mai, and in our episode we talked about um, if she would ever want to go train in Thailand, and she said absolutely she would, but she had never done it before. I'm happy to say now that she is there and she is training, and that is really, really cool. It's great to see prophecy fulfilled, and um, she's healing up. So remember, she was sick, uh, sick, blah, she was injured. And I think she gave us the timetable that by April she'd be back to full training and then you're preparing to compete. So it's really great to see maybe she's ahead of schedule a bit and she's over in Thailand training. So how cool is that? The other fighter that I had on here was Kira Batara. She talked about her upcoming fight for Combate in December. Well, that fight, or what was it? Very, very end of November, early December. I'm happy to say that she won that fight by decision. So again, prophecy fulfilled. I told you she's going to be really, really big. I hope that with this episode, it will be prophecy fulfilled for Linnea as well. She is four fights deep right now. She did have to take a pretty long hiatus. She talks about this, but she, she had an injury after her second fight. But most recently, within the past month and a little, not even a month and a half, like a month and a week, she's had two fights. Uh, about three weeks' time in between the two fights, and she won both by knockout, by early knockout. So one by knee 
And just most recently, last this past week on Tuesday, she won with like a nice vicious short elbow to the chin in the second round. If you check out her Instagram, which I'll post in the show notes here, so uh, you don't have to worry about trying to spell her name. She's got some clips from those fights, and you can see the the knockout that she had in that fight, which was really, really uh, impressive. So Lynn's message through this podcast is something that I've talked about quite extensively throughout all these episodes, and I think it's a message that matches up really well with the message that comes from a lot of the guests that I've had on here. I mean this in, I really mean this non-pretentiously, although it, it kind of, I get that it kind of sounds, uh, it's going to sound pretentious, but like they're, they're, to me, there are people who get it and that it is just this, this desire for, for life and experiences and to want a, a life of fulfillment and adventure and stories and kind of living a lifestyle that is non-traditional because they feel that it is going to be the most fulfilling and is going to give them the best life that they could live while they're here on this earth. And Lynn's one of those people, uh, I, I put myself in that category too, although what she's doing right now I think is more impressive than a lot of things that I've done. But her message is is similar to mine and it's just 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 take the plunge. If you're somebody who doesn't know how to get out of the rut and that rut is, Hey, maybe it's a job that you're stuck in, but you're afraid to leave it because you're making 401k payments or you're tenured, or you're afraid that in coming back, if you do come back from your trip and your experiences that you won't get that same position or be at the same company or have as much money or you missed out on a year of retirement payments into your account. From my own limited experiences in this, I can tell you that the time you spend away is going to enrich your life so much more than the time that you are going to spend working or just, you know... (laughs) sleepwalking through the daily routine that you think you have to do. Now, you might love your job and you might love those things and you might love family. And hey, that's great. That And I'm super happy for you if that is the type of a lifestyle that you want to live. But this message, I think, is more for the people who don't necessarily want that either right now or ever and are just wondering how to take the initial step, how to overcome the fear I get messages all the time and, and even people in my life that say, hey, I'd love to go with you or I, you know, when are you traveling because I don't have people whose schedules match up with mine or I can't find people who want to travel like I do or they do want to and they're scared and you can go it alone, especially in Southeast Asia, which we talk about so much here on this podcast. It's super easy and once you're there for a few days, it's not, it's, it's not scary and you get to... To, to know a place relatively quickly and there's people that want to help and just do it. Just, just try it. If it doesn't work, you do come back and you might hate it. I've, I have talked to people who haven't liked their experiences in the same places that I've gone to, um, where I've loved them. So just, just do it. And I think that Lynn's story really highlights that. It's, it's, it's so cool to me that at a young age, she was like, I, I want something different. And now she is fighting and training like a damn warrior in Thailand. 
So cool. And then maybe one day we will be reading about her experiences in a book or something like that. I would love that. Uh, so I would love, here's the, here's the, my prophecy for you, Lynn. And these have been going well for the other guests. I would love to see you get a whole bunch of more fights under your belt to win those and then to go on and, and share your experiences in an even greater way than this podcast can do that through a book or your own podcast or something. I would love to see you get uh, your story out there. So, okay. I really, really hope you guys enjoy this one. I loved talking to Lynn. There are a few more podcasts that are going to follow this week, and I'm really excited about that. So there should be some more out before the holidays for you guys to listen to. All right, everybody, take it easy. So today I am lucky to be joined by Lene Oneval from Sweden, but currently located in Thailand and you're calling in from Thailand. So Lynn, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So I was really excited to have you on. I think it was through Instagram that I first saw you and I guess your story and what you're doing. And well, first of all, I just want to say congratulations. You fought just this week, right? This week, Tuesday, and you won via knockout in the second round. Yes, I did. That was your second fight in two weeks? Is that true? Uh, it was about three weeks in between the fights. So oh. I had one fight also on, with the knee knockout, but that was the third round. And then after three weeks, I had the second knee knockout again. Wow. I'm well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so what we're talking about is you have been training and competing in Muay Thai in Southeast Asia. So, Lynn, I'd love to get just a background on you. Um, if when you were still living in Europe or at home, if, if you were training there, or if this is something that you picked up through your travels and then just kind of stuck with. Oh, it's quite a long story. I started in my... 2014 or 13, I had a really bad relationship, not abusive or anything. It was just not right. We were not happy together. And I didn't enjoy living in Sweden and Stockholm or anything. So I had a lot of anger. I felt a little bit fat. So I decided to start exercising. And I, uh, I was like, I, I just want to punch something. So I went <laughs> to a kickboxing class and I just fell in love. I was there every day after work. And eventually I left Sweden to go backpacking. I was going to stay like a month in Thailand for training and then keep going, but I never kept going. I, I got stuck here and this was, I came here end of 2014 and yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> wow. So that's actually, that's not such a long time to be, you know, there's, especially like I've been to Thailand twice. And even when you go to the fights, you see that they like the first few fights on a card are like their kids <laughs> and their teenagers or, or kids in their adolescence. So that's amazing that <laughs> after, you know, two and a half, three years that you're, you're competing over there. Yeah. I had a fight quite like I, I came in December and then I had a fight in March 
uh, the next year, but I wasn't ready yet. It didn't go well. I had another fight in, uh, in I think it was also like three weeks after that. I lost both those fights wow. because I, I simply wasn't ready in um, mentally. And then I got injured. I had a break and I started again now. And I feel, I really feel the difference from back then when they shouldn't have put me in the ring yet. I didn't really know what I was doing. So this time around is really so much better. Yeah, social media can be a weird thing, but uh, one of the cool things about your Instagram is that you can like scroll back literally through the years of, of your travels and your training. And like, you seem like a, a totally different person. Like you look like a killer right now. <laughs> and I mean that like in a good way, totally respectfully. <laughs> Um, when you, you. <laughs> when you were at home and you were training in Sweden, um, is that following in like the, the Dutch tradition of kickboxing or were there, um, you know, strictly Muay Thai gyms where you started out or was it just, uh, like European kickboxing? It wasn't any of them actually. It was, a, a Sancho gym. Oh, okay. Um, so it was like the real deal Kung Fu. Wow. I was doing. Okay. So it was a bit weird coming to Thailand and then I had to learn elbows and knees as well and clinching. Um, it was very new and very weird for me, but I fell in love and Muay Thai is definitely my favorite stand up sport. So when you took that, that backpacking trip abroad, um, did you, did you do that alone? Was, was your focus, hey, I'm going to go train or was it like, I'm just going to go explore like a lot of people do throughout Southeast Asia. And then it's like, okay, I found the thing that I love. Yeah. And no, I was just, I always wanted to do a trip. I just decided for Sweden, I'm done with this. I'm taking all the money I've saved up. I went through Australia, New Zealand, came to Asia, Thailand, and just realized I want to live and fight. That's, that's all I want to do. So I stayed here and spent all my money doing that. Wow. Do you remember the first, when you were in Thailand, like the first fight you saw or the first gym you went to? And like, can you recall that experience of falling in love with it? For sure. It, it was very quick. Um, where I live in Phuket, there's a street that has only Muay Thai gyms, healthy restaurants, massage places, and protein shops. Wow. Uh, so when you come to the street, it's, it's like a bubble, really. Everything revolves around training, and you get super into it. Everyone you meet is on the same journey as you are. So he's going to the gym the first day. I made so many friends, and I just realized it was just so it was so cool. I'd never seen anything like it. So it was, it was easy to get stuck here. Yeah, one of the things I, I do, I hesitate to say this. Like I am not, I. I I'm not a Muay Thai fighter, but I've in a few countries throughout Southeast Asia in like the limited amount of time that I've been there because you live there. But I have done like a little bit of training. And one of the things like the thing that made me nervous about it was not being nervous about getting hurt, but being nervous about like if I do get hurt, like what is the quality of healthcare going to be like? <laughs> is that something that like you worry about or you have to deal with not having like the, the Western standard of medicine and healthcare when you get hurt? Yeah, like there is good healthcare here. It's just that it costs a lot of money. 
um, which is something you don't have as a Muay Thai fighter. Right. So it's, it's kind of one of those subjects that you don't really think about. You kind of push it away whenever, whenever your mind starts going there. Okay. Um, but some stuff they do really well. You know, like they, they heal bones well because they have so many motorbike accidents. Right. So, and so many cuts from these accidents too. So even if it's a small clinic that seems kind of dirty, they do know what they're doing because they're very experienced. It's just not, you know, the comfortable, secure, super sanitized stuff that we used to in the Western world. But it's there. Like you can get the help that you need. Okay. Like, and do you, if something were to happen, do you have to fly to Bangkok or you can stay in Phuket? No, there's plenty of places to go here in Phuket. Okay. Um, so I'm really curious about your first fight in Thailand that, that you were in. Um, and again, like the thought process going through your mind, is there fear? Is it just excitement? Are you like super, super nervous? What are you experiencing? The first fight was very special, uh, especially since I wasn't really, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know the rules of Muay Thai. <laughs> I just went in there and I was just, you know, fending for my life. Um, it was also a really bad matchup. I was, I was heavier back then. Um, I think I was, I can't even remember, uh, like 67 kilos or something like that. And uh, that's pretty big um, for Thailand and for Thai girls. So they put me up with a very experienced girl, which makes us fair. If, if I was gay, she could be experienced. That's how it works. And she's beat me up completely. Wow. I survived. I lasted all the five rounds. So my trainers were super happy and excited that, I, that she didn't knock me out. Um, but it, it scared me because I had no idea what to do. I had no idea how to really defend myself or how to attack. I, I hadn't been taught these things yet. So it, it was scary, but it was still kind of like a, I wanted to master it. It made me hungry to actually go in there again and do it right. Yeah. What is then the second fight didn't go my way either because I hadn't learned much in the few weeks that I had between the fights. And then now I had this two-year break with my injury when I spent a lot of time thinking and training and preparing. So going to the stadium now is just so different. I can feel the mindset. It's, you're nervous, but you're kind of numb at the same time. Like, you don't feel much. But you still, like, you can feel your heart beating and you're... Yeah, it's... You really can't explain the feeling. It's, I've been trying to... I've been planning to write a post about this, but I, I can't find the right word to describe how it feels like the moment before you step in there. You need to experience it yourself. What was that injury that you had? I hurt my ankle. Um, I had edema oh, wow. and hemorrhages in the in the bone marrow. Oh. So I I I couldn't walk. In the end, this was, I went to Sweden for a few months to work. Um, so I was training in my old gym, and my ankle just started bothering me to the point where I started limping. So I went to the doctor, and he told me, either you stop training completely for at least six months, or you'll need surgery, and you can never do any sports ever again. Wow. So, I, yeah, and that was two weeks before I was going back to Thailand to 
you know, work fully as a Muay Thai fighter. So it's pretty hard to get that. Yeah. What is the... It was not a fun time. Yeah, no, that's, that sounds horrible. Um, I'm really, really curious about... I, I've, I've been to a couple of fights in Thailand, but I'm really curious from, like, the fighter's perspective as a as a westerner right and a white woman like what is how is the reception of people who are watching the fights do they want you to lose do they you know want a local tie to make an example out of you or are they impressed that you're participating in this cultural sport that they do and are appreciative of you there's there's both i think it's mostly positive i haven't really met any negative um, people, there's since I'm pretty tall, there's always one guy that comes up to me and tells me that my opponent is short, so I'm going to win. Mm. Um, always in Thai, so someone needs to translate <laughs> for me. But they're always very positive that just because I'm tall, I'm going to do well. Um, and then the tourists are always super supportive because they think it's really cool. Um, they usually come up to you afterwards and they're, they're like, Right on the win. I thought she was going to get it because, you know, she's Thai, but well done. <laughs> so it's like the odds are against you from the beginning, but no, I feel like they're really nice. It's different being a woman since, you know, you're not allowed to get over the ropes. You need to go under and there's, there's these special rules. But for me, that doesn't really matter. I don't care how I get in the ring. But I just want to be there. And as long as I'm treated okay, I'm okay with whatever rules they have for us. Do you come out with like the, I'm sorry that I don't know the terminology for it, but the traditional ceremonial um, like dance that each of the opponents oh, the white does? white crew. Oh, so, so you do do that? No, I, I did once um, for my second fight, but it, it made me so nervous because you're supposed to, um, there's a few different types, but you're supposed to do, uh, the one I did, you're supposed to do certain things three times. And I was so stressed out over this dance that I completely forgot if I had done it one time or three times or two times. Um, like you're supposed to bow three times. And when right. I had done it the second time, I freaked out and didn't know. Um, so now for my comeback, when I've been really nervous and wanting to do well, I decided that I'm not going to focus on that. I'm just going to focus on the fight. But I think in the future, when I'm more comfortable, I'll start doing it again, because it is a really nice part of Muay Thai. And it's very beautiful when you know how to do it right. I just need to practice a little bit, because it's been a while. Yeah, it is so cool. Uh, it's like, it's basically like like a choreographed show. Um, I didn't, like, that's really interesting, though. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought that, but I could totally see how it could be distracting, like, before you're about to get in there and throw your limbs at somebody. Wow. Yeah. If, you, if you've done it many times and you know your white crew well, it's, you know, it's a routine. You know what you're doing. But when you're new and you're not really comfortable with the, with dancing, it's, I just want to focus on punching. Yeah. <laughs> I had gone to, I hope I don't butcher this, but uh, Roger Modern in Bangkok, one of the two yeah. big stadiums. And I mean, first of all, just... Being there is incredible. Like th that's that's probably the craziest live sports event I've been to. Um, yeah. 
Uh, uh, well, first, I guess m my first question is, have you fought in a stadium that big or is that something that you're leading up to? No, women aren't allowed to fight there even. Uh, really? To bigger stadiums uh, in Bangkok. Whoa, I didn't know that. Yeah, but I'm, I've only had four fights so far, so I'm right. still very, very new. Okay. I'll be doing the small stadium shows here in Phuket for a while until I'm ready for something bigger. Um, my boyfriend is just getting, uh, he's going to fight in Lumpini in oh. Bangkok pretty soon. Cool. Uh, he's waiting for the date and he's, he's had about 70 plus fights. Whoa. Well then this is, okay, so this is what I was leading up to and maybe then through his perspective. Um, so the, the main event on the card that I saw there, uh, which is like the second to last fight, which I thought was interesting and different, but to me, at least like, uh, you know, a novice, but to me and the people that I was there with, it seemed like the, it was a, it was a decision and it seemed like there was like a, just a total clear cut winner. And, you know, then they raised the hand to the other guy and he's cheering and I was like, wait, what the hell? How did that guy win? And there was a person that was there next to me that was like, I come to these a lot. And sometimes these, you know, sometimes there's foul play here. Like, is that something maybe not you yourself, but is that something you've experienced or heard about? Like, fight fixing and things like that because there is so much betting taking place round by round uh, with each fight. Yeah, that, that does happen a lot. Um, it's sad to see and I, I wouldn't want to win that way. Um, but also the rules of Muay Thai are so complex Yeah, that many times you think there's a clear winner, but you just don't see what's actually happening. Because uh, it's not only about who pushes the other one more. It can be just who looks more tired or who looks like they're more hurt. This is, these are the things that I didn't know in my first fight uh, that I've been learning now along the way. Uh, I'm still learning. I still don't really know fully about these rules. But yeah. It's, yeah, it's a science and it doesn't make sense a lot of the time. How does, like, what is their perception or the feelings of your family and your parents? Are, do they, are they fully on board with this? Is this something that makes them nervous? Uh, they don't like it at <laughs> all. Uh, they like it that I'm happy and I'm doing what I love, but they definitely wish that I love doing something else. <laughs> right. Uh, for my, my fights back in 2015, I told my mom um, about the fights beforehand, and she was just so nervous she couldn't sleep or eat or do anything. Um, so the, the last two times I haven't told her, I have actually written her wow. from the stadium saying, hi, mom, uh, I had a fight. It went well. Um, but hopefully she'll get more comfortable as she sees that I'm doing okay and it's, it's not as bad as, as she thinks. Yeah. You've posted clips from some of your fights. Like you, you posted a clip of that elbow that we were talking about. Is there footage yeah. of the full fights that people can check out somewhere? I haven't posted them. I decided I still, I'm not proud okay. uh, of my performance yet. Um, so I'm not going to post the full fights until I can actually be proud and say like this fight, I looked good. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm, I'll post highlights from these ones okay. um, when I have time to edit them. And then when I feel like I'm good enough, they'll definitely, the full fights will go up on YouTube. Cool, cool. Can somebody 
can somebody in Thailand make a living off of this uh, as as a fighter, or do you have to just be like the top of the top of the top to be making any sort of money? Uh, well, we don't make a lot of money. Uh, you can make a living out of it if you're sponsored by your gym. Um, like my gym, if you if you fight a lot for them and you show that you're you're here to stay, they'll they'll give you a room, they'll give you food. And free training, of course. Mm. Uh, so you don't make a lot of money from food, but it will be enough to, to get by here because living in Thailand is very cheap. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't have that kind of support from your gym, it's very, very hard. Uh, so you kind of need to do something on the side or go home now and then to, to make extra money until you can get the bigger fights. So is that what you do to sustain living there or do you, have a, do you also work in Thailand? I am lucky enough to have my boyfriend who gets the bigger fights. Okay. Uh, so he's he's been taking care of me until until I can start helping out now because he he goes to China to fight as well and the money there is really really good if you oh, do K one. Uh, so he goes over there, makes the big money. I make our little food money over here, and then we also have the gym helping out. So we're we're good with what we get here. How about then, um, like long-term goals for for your boyfriend who does K one? Is he is he trying to like catch the attention of Glory? Or for you, are you thinking like I'm just going to stick with Muay Thai? Or would you ever consider transitioning to MMA where it might be a little more lucrative in the long run? MMA doesn't interest me at all. Okay, keep pushing me, saying that I should do it. <laughs> that's where the money's at. But it's just. Being on the ground, is, it doesn't appeal to me. Is how like soccer or tennis or any other sport is not interesting. Like I have, yeah, it's, I don't want to be down there in someone's crotch. Yeah, having someone hold me <laughs> down. It's just, just the thought of it just makes me anxious. Wow. I enjoy standing and punching people. MMA is just no. I I enjoy watching it. I just don't want to get into it. Okay, I see. I saw that you had been training a bit at Bali MMA. Again, you're training kickboxing, but at Bali MMA in Changu. Uh, what was the reason for the transition to Indonesia rather than um, training for that time in Phuket? Um, my boyfriend has lived in Thailand for, um, he had been here for eight years, and he kind of wanted a break. And I had my injury, and then he got this job offer in Bali. Uh, so we just decided, let's go there, because I can't fight anyway, so I can pretty much be anywhere. And since, since he wanted to see something new, we just decided to head over. So we lived there for one and a half years, and then I kind of felt like I wanted to get back into fighting, and he felt the same way, because Bali MMA is really a good gym, but they focus mostly on MMA, so we were the only two strikers. So there wasn't enough stand-up training for us over there um, or, for, or for him to be able to be in fight shape. Okay. So that's why we, uh, we decided it's time to come back for both of us to keep doing our careers. He's not old enough to only do teaching yet. He still has a few years to do his own fighting. Doesn't um, Tiffany Van Zos do some of her training during the year at Bali MMA? Am I correct about that? Yeah, she's been there with us. Yeah, uh, she is 
moved back to the state now. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not sure what, what her plan is right now, but she was there with us when we were in Bali. Were you ever able to do any training with her or to learn from her? No, I was still injured when she was there. Um, I did some classes when she was still teaching. Um, but we never trained together because I was doing my rehab. I wasn't ready to spar even a beginner because I hadn't been punched in the face for so long. So I yeah. think if I trained with her, <laughs> she would just have totally beaten me up. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. This is a strange question, but um, I've never, the longest I've, I've been in Southeast Asia is about a month. And I'm eventually going to be transitioning into a much longer period of time. And my buddy and I, and we've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but you, it's like, it's like almost like traveler's stomach. Like <laughs> we call it the constant maybes when we're in Southeast Asia. It's like, you know, you're out somewhere, you're, you're doing stuff and someone's like, Hey, I'm going to go run to the bathroom. Like, do you need to come with? And it's like, maybe like your body always feels like unsure and kind of weird. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I never have a good belly day. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I went to the bathroom and I was like, yeah, this, this was a nice, so I, yeah. was a nice experience. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask you. So I guess you just answered it. But the question was, does that ever become normalized like once you're living there for an extended period of time? But I guess not, huh? No, not really. It's, but it's like it's normal for me now. I don't really notice it anymore. But it's, yeah, you never know what to expect. and so then um food and everything like that is conducive to your training there's is there ever ever anything that you have trouble obtaining or anything that you miss while you're in thailand i am a big lover of cheese and bread and pasta and that doesn't exist here or it does but it's it's just not the same as in the western world and Mm -hmm. You need to pay a lot of money for it. So I can either choose between a little piece of cheese or like dinner for four days. Right. So a dinner wins. Um, I should stay away from that anyway to try to stay fit and healthy for, <laughs> for fights. So it's pretty good that, that I can't have it. But someday when I'm feeling weak, it's it's hard. It's Yeah, I really miss that comfort food. Yeah, that's really funny. I mean, for anybody that you know, I'm kind of labeling Southeast Asia as one thing. Obviously, there are drastic differences between the countries, but there are some similarities. And the cheese is awful. It's like, um, like it's usually like that, like laughing cow triangular kind of processed cheese, right? Like it's not. Yeah, it's all plastic. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's pretty terrible. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought that. I'm sure there's not a whole lot of like Swedish or uh, Scandinavian restaurants there. You can't find, like, there's a few, there's so many Swedish people. We, we love this country. Uh, but then again, it's, it's, for us, it's all about the money. We, we make peanuts. So mm. going out to nice restaurants and having Western food is something you do for special occasions. Otherwise, we go around the corner and we have pad pie for, for a buck or two. Do you mind if I ask how old you were when you made this transition from living at home to living in Southeast Asia? Um, well, how many years ago? So three years ago. So I was 22, I think. Okay. 23? 
going to. Yeah. One thing that I'm really curious about, uh, because I struggle with this a bit myself, is when you made that decision, or even now, um, do you ever think like, how do I word this? So you're not you're you're clearly not living like the traditional trajectory for life that uh, we're often taught, right? So it's like, okay, you work really hard at college, and then you come out and you get a job, and you get married, and you have a family, and then you have you know babies and a house, and like this, these are the things that an adult, a successful adult, needs to strive to do. And do you? Are you completely comfortable with your decision to forego that and to live the type of a lifestyle that you want to live? Or are you ever worried and think like, maybe I should have chosen that trajectory for my life? No, I'm, I'm very happy with my decision. I thought that I was going to travel and then come back and go to school because that's what you're supposed to do. Right. To be able to get a good job and pay your mortgages and everything. But for me, I used to myself that doesn't matter for me. What matters to me is being happy, doing, well, yeah, doing something that makes me happy. And any job or studies back in Sweden wouldn't make me happy. For me, the only worry is if I get injured, I have nothing to fall back on. Right. If you have studied and you have an education, it's easier to find some kind of job. For me, I don't have that in case I will get this ankle injury back that would retire me from fighting, then I, I would not know what to do. But hopefully, I'll never get there. So I do have people that reach out and ask questions about uh, how to get started with travel and things like that. Um, and being as, as you've done this, like what sort of advice, if you have any, for, for another person who's 22 maybe, who just finished university and is thinking like, I need to go out and see some stuff, but I'm afraid to. Because I get that too, like, oh, is the place you're going safe? Will I be able to do it alone? Do I need to be with people? Am I going to get sick? Um, do you have any advice for a 22-year-old who's making to, looking to take a similar step that you did? Not necessarily fighting, but to take that initial step into traveling and seeing the world? Yeah, just do it. <laughs> I have so many people that, that message me or comment on my posts and they, they're saying, I wish I could do what you're doing. And they can. They just have to, they just have to literally do it. But then they're worried, what if something goes wrong? What if I don't like it? But, you know, you're, wherever you're from, that country is always going to be there. No matter what goes wrong here, I can always go back home to Sweden or any other country in the world, you know? Right. It's just, People are too worried and they need to feel that comfort, having all that security that you have in your normal life. I was worried too before I decided to, to go, but then I realized it's just, you need to dare to do things in life. Otherwise, you'll never get anywhere. I would still be sitting at my old office job being unhappy. So he's going to do it for you. Just risk it. There he goes. Amazing. Or it doesn't. And it's you go back home and you make a new plan. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Like that's literally what I always say is like just just take the plunge, take the first step. I mean, if if you do it for a year and you fall flat on your face and you bombed, like you at least have those experiences and those stories from that that are 
that you're not going to have from, you know, sitting in a cubicle nine to five for a year. So I love that. Yeah, exactly. And I even have friends who, who traveled and they didn't enjoy it. Yeah. So they made the decision to go back home. But if you never try, you'll never know. So I, it really makes me upset with people who keep saying that they want to go and then they're still stuck in their little hamster wheel and nothing ever happens for them. For practical purposes, do you can you think of like um, again for for someone young who's trying to start this for the first time? Can you think of a dollar amount that makes sense to have to fall back on? Like if you're if you're thinking, hey, like I'm gonna head to Southeast Asia and I only have a thousand dollars to my name for this amount of time, like that's probably not going to be good. But can you think of a dollar amount that would be smart for somebody who's going to try this? I actually have no idea because I've been living here so cheap for so long. Okay. I don't think many people would be happy living on my budget if you're not used to it. Yeah. So I'm not a good person to ask. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny though because that is something too that we've talked about on here is like you have to, you know, even even just traveling, not training, like you have to be kind of okay with not always being comfortable like we talked about like the digestive issues, but also just like you're going to be hot or you're going to be on a crowded bus where people are noisy and bumping you. And, but I don't know that I love all that stuff to me that like really is part of like the flavor of a trip. Yeah, that's, that's what I like too. But it really depends on who you are as a person. When you come here, if you are happy with eating authentic Thai food from a street cart, you can eat for one or two dollars a meal. Yeah. And if you don't need the fancy hotel with a pool, you can find a room for like a hundred and fifty bucks. Um, but it just depends who you are and what you're looking for. So it's really hard to say what kind of budget you would need to survive here. Have you besides Phuket and um and in Indonesia and Bali are there any other countries where you've trained or any other countries that you would like to train in? I haven't trained anywhere else in, in Asia. I did in Australia, and Australia has great Muay Thai. Oh, okay. But as far as the other countries go, I haven't yet. I know a lot of good gyms in Malaysia and Singapore where I would like to go. It's just it, I never really have the time whenever I just do a visa run or something over there just for the day. Yeah. Um, but it's, I have a plan to go visit these places someday. <laughs> okay. So then I guess I also wanted to ask, like it's quite, quite cheap to travel within like the Southeast Asian Union, right? Um, do you get to travel much now or are you mostly focused on training? Right now I'm only here both because of uh, our budget um, until we can get some, because the move from Bali to Thailand cost a lot of money for us. So we're still paying off a loan, uh, to get our dogs with us and everything. Mm. Um, so until we've paid all of that off, uh, we have a very tight budget, but, um, I am hoping that once that is done, we'll get to do some more traveling. Cause when you live here, you need to leave the country every three months and it's so boring. just going to see an airport and come back. So my plan is that whenever I do my visa runs, I'm going to spend at least three days and, and see something that would make it a lot nicer of an experience. 
Wow, you can't get a lo- like a a, lo- a twelve month visa even though you're fighting there. No. Whoa. You can get a few different types of visa. You can get a visa for studying, but then you need to pay a lot more money and you need to actually go to school. And I don't feel like I have time to learn Thai right now. Mm. Maybe maybe in the future we'll we'll see. Okay. On that initial trip that you took, where else did you go besides um, Thailand and Australia? I went quickly off to New Zealand to see a friend. Since I was, you know, in the neighborhood, I felt like I had to go over and see her. And then I stopped by in Cambodia for a few days. Um, and then you came over to Thailand and got stuck. In Cambodia, did you go to Angkor Wat? No, I didn't. I must be the only person who went there and didn't go there. Because <laughs> uh, I met my parents there. Oh, they okay. had already done that. So I met up with them after they had already been there. So we just went to Chianokville, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we spent a few days on the beach and then we went over to Thailand together. Wow. Awesome. All right, listen. Um, first, I want you to be able to plug anything that you want to plug. Is there social media that people can check out? Is there fight stuff that people can check out? How can, uh, how can the world find you on the internet? Um, I am pretty much only on Instagram, okay. um, which is my name, linnea.arnival. Okay, and I'm going to link to that. Do you have... Any final message for anyone that's listening? Um, any people who have been following your journey, inspired by what you're doing? Um, do you have any message for them or, or final advice for them? Well, pretty much what we've been talking about, if, if there's something you want to do, you should just go ahead and do it. Like it wasn't in the cards for me in the beginning. I didn't have a natural talent. And I thought life was supposed to be in Sweden with family. But I ended up here. And I'm pushing through. If I can do this, I think anyone can pursue their dreams and make it happen. Awesome. I love it. Uh, I want to thank Lynn and thank everybody who's listening. I will link to all of her information in the show notes. As always, everybody, thank you so much and take care of each other. Bye-bye.